Welcome to the Reality Check Podcast. I'm Zachary Phillips. So, it's a new year, and it's already been quite an interesting one. I have a feeling that 2021 is going to uh, match, if not exceed, the level of craziness of 2020, mainly because, you know, viruses and political movements and all of the things that we see happening in the world at the moment aren't really constrained by our conception of time. So, with that in mind, I want to just welcome everyone to 2021. Um, I'm glad that we've gotten through this and survived despite all of the stuff that's been going on. And I just want to say that I'm tremendously grateful for the things that I do have in my life. It's very easy to look at the negatives, look at the downsides, look at all of the all of the the the, the controversy and issues happening right now, and let it seem like everything in my world is like that. But the reality is that there's always a silver lining. There's always things that we can look to to see a positive in. Even in potentially bad times, there are still some positives. So with the coronavirus and the world's response, it's terrible. The lockdowns have been frustrating. But compared to issues of the past of a similar nature, compared to virus outbreaks of the past of a similar nature, we're very lucky. I'm very heartened to see the response that my government in Australia and all the states have taken. We've managed to basically all but eliminate coronavirus and there have been there has been some civil issues and unrest and complaints, but for the most part we've all put in, handled it and done well in managing it, which which is very positive to me suggesting that despite the seeming disunity that is going around on social media, the reality is is that we can get together as a nation, as a country, as a people, and have a response. And that sort of roughly applies across the world. Obviously, depending on which country you're in and how the government's responding, that will be a bit different. And there's always things that will be critiqued and criticized, no matter which way you go, no matter which policy you go. And beyond that, I also want to highlight the fact that there's things down that path that we can't quite impact ourselves. I can't control what the government of my country or any country does. There's there's a lot of stuff happening in the news right now with the US politics, and it's interesting to see that it doesn't seem to be contained to the US in the sense that my Australian friends are commenting and posting about it, despite the fact that we're not US. And that seems to be a common factor across the world where everyone's getting sucked into the drama of what's going on. Now, I do hope and very much wish that things transition peacefully and that, you know, that, that there's not too much um, real world consequences. And unfortunately, there have been some where people have passed away or been, you know, locked up and that sort of stuff, which is obviously not so great. But the, 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 the media hype versus the reality of the situation is something to always be wary of. I'm I'm constantly seeming to try and check myself when I find myself just endlessly doom scrolling on social media, just following the news updates, following the news updates. And you know, 2020 was a terrible one for that because you could just literally live live uh, live scroll at the 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 response to coronavirus and all of the protests and all that sort of stuff. So I encourage you, stay attuned, stay aware of what's going on in the world, but make sure it's not costing you your mental state unless you're directly impacted by something, you know, as in like, you know, if something's happening in your town to your person or to people you know, there's 
there's an argument to suggest that it's okay and it's right and you probably should take breaks and you should switch off and you should step back because it allow you to think clearly and sort of realize the true reality of the situation. There's always going to be bad news. There's always going to be crazy people saying crazy things online. There's always going to be people protesting. It's just that in today's modern communication era, we all have a mobile platform to shout from. And, you know, if you if you assume that, you know, 1% of society is is, is crazy or even 0.1% of society is, is that sort of the person that's ranting on the side of the road or walking through the train, you know, just, just saying crazy stuff that you would otherwise turn and ignore because you see the person and you see what they're saying. In today's day and age, that person has a Twitter account. That person can post videos. That person can comment anonymously. And it makes it seem like the whole world is acting and believing and doing a certain way when it really is a small but very vocal minority. And I'm just suggesting that for your own mental sake, your own mental health, that you take a break, step back, and try and check into the present moment and look at reality for what it is right now. Meditation helps, therapy helps, writing writing down your thoughts and journaling helps, but just taking a break and stepping back. If you find that you're just returning to social media over and over and over again, or you're leaving a social media encounter as in like you watch a news piece or you read an article or you scroll on Twitter or whatever, and you find that your mental state has not improved and that keeps happening, that suggests that that behavior, the the reading, the Twitter scrolling, all of that sort of stuff is not healthy and not good for you. Obviously, there's this drive to want to fill our minds up with as much information as possible, but it gets to a stage where you're just seeing the same stuff and you're confirming your own beliefs and you know, you're sort of being triggered repeatedly. And there's that feeling of like, oh, well, I'm, I need to know, I need to know, look at all of that's happening. It's like, yeah, you do need to know, but also you need to live a peaceful, happy existence, one in which you're not betrothed and beholden to the device in your hand. So with that in mind, I would like to welcome everyone to 2021 and I want to give you a rundown of what I've got planned for the year and what I hope to release. And then I'm going to play for you an episode of a new podcast that I'm releasing. So this year, I hope to release another Insight Timer course. The first one is going extremely well, the Mindfulness Toolbox course. I'm going to be releasing another course on writing therapy for healing or poetry for healing. The idea being that in this course, I will share a variety of poems and talk about you know the, the process of writing those poems, talk about my history of, of um, past trauma and how I'm using writing therapy to help deal and recover from that, as well as providing the listeners with a collection of exercises that can get them writing. So stay tuned for that one. I'll be talking about and releasing and sharing that moving forward because alongside meditation and exercise and you know interpersonal therapy with a psychologist or psychiatrist, writing and journaling and poetry and self-expression has done wonders for my mental state. So I'm very excited to be able to bring that to you guys. I'm also in the process of writing a couple of books. The first one will be a mindfulness book. I'm going to call it, well, at least the working title will be Mindfulness, A Guide to the Present Moment. I plan on um, basically, it'll be like sort of like an introduction into meditation and sort of just putting my thoughts on all the different approaches to, to attaining mindfulness on the page and sort of like a companion to the Insight Timer course that's the Mindfulness Toolbox. I, I also want to be able to release a follow-up to How to Get Your Shit Together. So right now, I'm actually um, 
quite ecstatic with how how to get shit to get this going. It's it's selling about five to six copies a day, mainly through Audible, but sometimes um, or increasingly regularly through paperback and ebook. So I'm I'm um I've seen it grow from you know no sales to one sale a day to now like I said five to six and the feedback that I'm keeping on getting has been quite good and it's it's even more surprising because you know as with everything I do I share it all for free online so it means that if people are buying it it means that they're liking it they want to support it they want to have it in that convenient spot they want it all now so thank you to everyone supporting the reason I'm bringing this up is that I'm going to release a sequel. I'm going to call it How to Keep Your Shit Together. And this will basically be uh, the tips, tricks, tools, and ideas that I use to maintain my mental state. Now, obviously, I'm not perfect. My mental health goes up and down, and that's just the reality of of your mental health. But it's about maintaining your mental state, locking in those gains, and keeping the trend going up. And it will also be sort of an updated version of the things that I'm doing right now to maintain um what you know maintain my functionality and to start thriving to pursuing my dreams to living a life that i would more like to be living you know to keep my shit together (laughs) so stay tuned for that and on a personal note i have a another my another baby coming on late march we're due it's going to be another boy we're not convinced of the name but the, uh, I asked at my um, workplace, you know, let's throw out some names. And one of the names they suggested, um, all joking names, of course, was uh, Taco Batman. So we've been referring to the my unborn child as um, Little Taco Batman. Obviously, uh, well, I mean, we could call him that if we chose to, but we're not going to. <laughs> but um, Little Taco is healthy and doing fine and is due in uh, late March. So obviously that'll um, be exciting and great and lovely. I'm very excited for that to occur, but it will cost uh, some of my posting and publishing time. So I'll have to take some time off um, from the writing and the podcasting and all that sort of stuff. But I will plan to release and to share and to do all the things that we've been planning on doing. So beyond all of that, what I mainly wanted to share with you today was a episode of a new podcast that my partner Maria and I have come together to do collectively. It's called The Abundance Mentality. And basically, this comes about because we we read collectively a bunch of books, a bunch of self-help books on a variety of different topics, and we like to talk about them to each other. And we realized that our summaries and discussions of those books are quite insightful. I would like to be able to listen to and read back and hear some of the things that I'm sharing and talking about again, because it's, you know, one of the ways you can learn is to read and summarize and teach. So what we're doing is basically each episode will be 20 minutes of a taking taking a quality book and taking one lesson from the book and extrapolating it. So good books will have a collection of lessons that you can learn. Um, but we're going to take one of those lessons on the topic of health, wealth, spirituality, and relationships, and sort of dive deep and be like, well, this is what the book taught me on this topic. So the book, the the episode that we're going to play for you now is on phobias. Um, so I'll play it for you, and then I'll let you know a little bit more about the podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to the Abundance Mentality: Twenty Minute Snippets to Improve Your Health, Wealth, Spirituality, and Relationships. I'm Zach, and I'm Maria. All right. So today we're going to be talking about dealing with phobias. 
or overcoming your fears. And this one has uh, particular meaning because you're actually currently processing it and going through it. Mm. Yeah. So I'll let you, Maria, share the the fear and the phobia and how we're addressing it. And then we'll get into the book and that sort of stuff. Okay. Um. Well, I developed a phobia of driving on the freeway. It sounds really stupid because I used to be able to drive on the freeway fine. And then um, one time we drove on like a, a road that goes a bit faster and it's a bit busier and I went to drive and I just had a baby and I felt stressed and um, I guess it triggered a phobia. It's, it's a strange thing they're actually learnt. Like you don't get born with one. Yes. Um, yeah. So I've been dealing with that. In- so so um, immediately after that triggering event. So you're on the road. Nothing happened. I was in the car. Like it was, yeah, it was yeah. just, I think we were going down a freeway that was like 110 k's an yeah. hour and a truck came by and you just sort of freaked out a little bit. Yeah. I just went into a panic attack. Panic attack. Yeah. Now, immediately after that, what would happen when you went to drive on similar sort of roads? I would go into a panic attack again. Which would, what what, what did that feel like? So the heart rate go my, would go, I feel completely out of control and I would start to feel like I was losing control of the car. Um, which is never a good feeling. Then it compounds because you think you're going to have an accident. And when you're in a situation with a panic attack, you think you're going to die. Yep. It's actually a um, like a criteria kind of almost of having a panic attack. You actually think you're going to die. And so then the the instinct is to get out of the situation, but you can't get out if you're on the freeway because you have to go do two lane changes and find the next exit and all the rest of it. So so you realised you were having these panic attacks driving. So yeah. then what was your coping strategy? I didn't want to go on the freeway. So you were typing, and this was uh, to very frustrating on it everyone's still happens end. Sometimes. Still happens. Was um, typing to the GPS. You know, avoid motorways, avoid freeways, avoid tolls. Yeah. So. You want to avoid the, the stimulus as yep. much as you can. So I was like, it's so bad. And oh, the other thing is it was getting, um, it sort of gets worse. Like originally I was like, no, I'll still get on. I'll be okay. Then this kept happening. So I'm freaking myself and, out. And, and I noticed that if we didn't intervene soon, it could get to the stage that you just didn't want to drive. Yeah, like it was, it was started with the big yeah. fast freeways and then it was like, the not so fast freeways yeah, and then it yeah, was like yeah. it a too late you know and it just it sort yeah. of was getting worse and worse yeah 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 so hang on so you were saying like um yeah the typing in so i found that on my gps you could say no tolls so first i did that but then i realized you could do no motorways which are high, like freeways like 100k roads so then i was doing that as well but then it takes you like 20 minutes 15 minutes out of your way mm-hmm but that's okay if you're scared, so, Well, yeah. you still got to the places, but it took you a bunch longer. Yeah, but then the thing that was happening, because the, the anxiety, if you avoid it, it grows. 100%. So then it started happening on 80K roads. It started happening on 100K roads that were not a freeway, a country yeah. 100K road. Yep. And it, I just noticed it was so getting you're, worse So you're talking worse. about stimulus generalization. So if someone's a afraid of, for example, a spider, right? Mm. It might be a specific spider. Like, yeah. it might be a redback spider, but then it might generalize to all spiders, mm-hmm. and then it might generalize from that to all bugs. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it can keep growing and growing. It, and- right. Yeah. So, you, so, what I've learned is, so I went and got a lot of therapy for this. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, I have a young child. I want to have another kid. I'm not going to not drive. You need to be You need to be able to drive. And we live in a city. I did consider it, of course, but we live in a city where you need to be able to drive. 
Well, um, it's, it's, it's highly debilitating not being able to drive. It is. So, so you mentioned the therapy and there's also a book that we're going to draw from to sort of work through what you're, yeah. what you have done and what you're doing. Yeah. The book is called Fix Your Phobia in 90 Minutes by Anthony Gunn. And I'll put a link down below so you can grab a copy if you like. But just, just to, just to tie it in full circle, you're not quite there yet, but yeah. I think last week you were able to go down a toll road at 100k for what, a good? It's probably, if I think about it, it's probably only 15 minutes. But 15 minutes total. compared to avoiding things completely but is a massive. compared to literally not being able to get on, not even be able to have a conversation about doing it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, not even be able to have a conversation. Yeah. So, so that 15 minutes, right? And then I did it on the way back, so it was half an hour for the whole day. Half an hour and a day. Which is really amazing for it's me. It's incredible. At this and point. <laughs> it's I, so I appreciate- embarrassing. <laughs> Look, I appreciate a bunch of things that you're willing to share it yeah. widely. And I also appreciate- the fact that you're leaning into it. It's mm-hmm. so easy, and I've seen with all the stuff I do online, people get this fear, get this triggering yeah. event, and then they just turn the other way, which, given what it feels like internally, mm-hmm. makes perfect sense, but you're actually turning and attacking it and going, no, I refuse. Yeah. Part of that refusing is reading the books. Yeah. Part of that refusing is getting the therapy. Yeah. So just to before we go into the details of that, yeah. that 30 minutes in that day or the two 15-minute blocks, yeah. you would you say that it was like, how, how would you say your, your internal experience of that was? Did you have a panic attack or was it fine? Like, what, um, what did you do? So, there's sort of a certain amount of resilience. It depends on the, the time of day. So, I was going somewhere mm-hmm. and in the morning I got on the freeway and I was totally fine the whole way because there's some coping strategies so no, I So, no thoughts of pan- no, no panic attack? No, not on the way there mm-hmm. um, because I've got some coping mechanisms to deal with thoughts. So, mm-hmm. I'm able to ward it off. So, but then on the way home, I thought I'll get on again, and I did start to panic. Um, maybe towards the end. So it towards was the only, end of that fifteen minutes. Yeah, but and then I actually got off, and then I said to myself, "Can you get back on? Because you only need to be on for another like two minutes." Mm-hmm. And I decided I could, so I went back on. You got back on. Yeah, amazing. Which was great. Yeah. So, so you've come from a place of you had a triggering event. Yeah. to freaking out over 80 to 60k roads even it was getting worse it was getting worse yeah. and then now you're back being able to you did half an hour in a day you freaked out a little bit at the end and you went put yeah. yourself back on yeah okay so let's just sort of break into specifically okay. the process and obviously we've talked about therapy and i i suggest that to anyone like if you've got a fear of driving don't just listen to this podcast you need to have specific personalized yeah, but the speaking therapy thing is right? like- the book is written by like a, a therapist, of so course. the therapist that I spoke to just talked me through the stuff in the book. <laughs> so it's well, both. It's both. Yeah. I, I I only say that because everyone's unique and different, and like yeah, if, and it would have been a lot harder for me just to read a book on my own. Hundred like, percent. Have probably done it because you needed someone to talk to about it as yeah. well. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I always lean into things that I mean. Go for the book. Go for the podcast. If mm. this, if what we tell you works, great. But if it's not working, it's completely fine and normal and natural to go to an expert. That yeah. expert just happens to be called a psychologist. Yeah, and they just talk you through it. So, That's all. So what did the Fixture Phobia in 90 Minutes book and the psychologist, what, what was the main suggestion or what's the process? Yeah, so the main – so number one, phobias – so there's a lot of things that I had to sort of intellectualise or understand because mm-hmm. um, fear – and so you can have a strong fear that's not a phobia – and if it gets really bad, then it's a phobia. Yep. Um, so either one. It's if it like cripples you or like. If it cripples you, yeah. yeah. So basically if you like can't even talk about it without starting to panic. Mm. Um, and if it's you. So then one of the things that is 
characterized is that you avoid it. So that thing you said before about avoiding, if you think of a spider and you can't even think of it and the thought of going into a room with a spider is no way I'd rather walk an hour out of my way than look at the spider, like the avoidance is actually... Um, a characteristic of the phobia. So, so you had to recognise that in yourself. Yeah, and you and and intellectualise it and really understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the the fact that I'm avoiding it made it worse. So, how, because, how so? Well, because the, you've got like neural pathways in your head, and so my brain has learned a few different things. So, is it like a behavioural therapy approach? You 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 learn this is fearful, so you avoid. Yeah. You get rewarded by still getting you know not getting punished effectively. Yes. So it's almost like you're punishing yourself for being afraid and it self-perpetuates it into a, yeah, kind into a of. fear cycle almost. It's kind of like I do have a neural pathway in my head that's not afraid of freeways because I was using freeways before this happened to me, right? Uh, okay. But then my brain made this scared one. Um, and then every time I think to myself, I'm not getting on the freeway because I'm afraid – my brain goes down that and you're reinforcing. One. You're, you're reinforcing, reinforcing then making the the neurons connect. That one's stronger. Yeah, yeah. And then when you think of the freeway again, it triggers that as opposed to the original one. Yeah, and even just thinking about it triggers the response. I'm not sure if this is covered in the book or with your psychologist, but I know from my my um, studies that fear and aversion connect brain pathways significantly quicker and more efficiently mm. than positive experiences. So yeah. if you eat something bad. Like, let's say you have a bad um, shellfish, like, and you know, you, you have vomit. a bad prawn, yeah. you vomit. The chances of you being able to, like, you might have a hundred good experiences of prawn prior yeah. to that, yeah. that one bad experience. And it makes sense because it's like, you... you, you it triggers the emotions. Triggers the emotions, but yeah. I, mean, I mean more that it's like, you, your brain, like, like sort of evolutionarily means like, no, this nearly killed you. Don't yeah. do it again, right? Yeah. But it's like my brain decided it was going to kill me. My brain decided that, that freeways were going to kill me. But it's like, why did you decide Nothing that? happened. Nothing happened. Nothing but happened. actually, something did happen. I'm the only woman on both sides of my family that drives. Hmm. And, and so my mother is terrified of driving. My grandmother was terrified of driving on my mum's side and on my dad's side. They didn't drive. I'm not sure if it was fear or for whatever reason. And But on my mum's side, my mum's actually afraid of driving. Mm. And if I think back, we there's definite memories where mm. we would be on the freeway and she would be going, oh, oh, this yes. is scary. This is scary. I'm so glad I'm not driving. I would never be the one driving. And as a child- And that's just getting into you. Yeah, it's in the back of your head. And mm. like as a kid, I never thought about it. I was just of like, course. okay, whatever. And I always just thought I would drive. But mm. then when I'm actually in that position, my brain remembers. And it's actually, it's a really important point to understand that phobias are learned. So my mum didn't get born being scared of driving. She decided she was scared of driving. But then when you watch your mum and dad be scared of something, then your brain actually creates that fearful pathway yeah. watching them. So that was obviously already there, but it was kind of dormant. And when I think back, I always had a little bit of anxiety driving, but I I was able to ignore it. Mm. But then just came this day where I wasn't able to ignore it anymore, and it sort For of a exploded. bunch of factors. Yeah. 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 Okay. So so you've acknowledged that it's a learnt behaviour. Mm-hmm. You, you've thought about it in that sense, which means you can unlearn it. Yeah. So, that's so, so, so uh, okay. So so you've got the knowledge. And I suppose the faith in the fact that if you do certain things, you yeah. can get over this. It's it's a proven yeah. it's a proven thing. Where that, people think that oh, I was born like that. I'm just never going to address it. It's a learnt behaviour. Therefore, it can be unlearned, or yeah. you can relearn. Okay, yeah. so that's step one, or one of the steps. Yeah. 
what 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 happens next? So you realize that it can be unlearned. Yeah. How? How do I unlearn it? So then is a process about you basically have to decide that you're going to um, gradually expose yourself to this situation that you're afraid of. Okay. So so graduated exposure. Yeah. Slowly, slowly. Um, and if and it's even in the book, like if anyone says to you they're going to teach you not to have a phobia without gradual exposure, then it's basically a scam because you so, can't get over it without gradual exposure. So gradual exposure, the way I was taught, and tell me if this mm. if this deviates, is that let's say you're afraid of the spider. The spider's the cliche example. It's a great example. It was like you might be the 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 you'd think about the ultimate most fearful thing might be holding the spider. Yeah. And then you'd go, well, okay, what's the least thing? The least scary thing that involves a spider, and that might be looking at a picture or just thinking about Actually it. Actually, just thinking about just, it. Okay, so yeah. so so then you would work on gradual graduating graduating yeah. up to the big fear through the small fears. So you think yeah. about the spider, then you might once you're fine and calm and relaxed, you might do some meditations or whatever, um, slow breathing, or you'd get yourself calm thinking about the spider. Then you would go to looking at a picture of a spider. Yeah. Then it might be looking at a video of a spider. Then yeah. it might be a real spider in the room behind glass. That's dead. Yeah, but the thing is, you don't have to go all the way to the holding the spider, because that's the other. The other trick is, how much is this actually affecting your life? Like personally, I would be terrified of jumping out of an aeroplane, and yes, I can call that a phobia because I would never do that in my life, right? But it's not. But I don't you. need to do that. Yeah. Okay. So I don't need to address that phobia. However, driving is something I do every single day. So, so for you, the the extreme of driving was the 110k road. Like that's your goal. Yeah, well, my therapist said to me one time, what's the absolute, like, worst? And it actually would be doing that, but in another country. Like, imagine okay. if I went to France and had to drive down 120 k's or the Germany road with no limit, you yeah. know, or something like that. But the thing is, I don't need to ever do that. Yeah. Because that's not interfering with my day-to-day so, life. So, so your goal is is to be able to drive. Well, t- what is your goal? Well, I my goal, basically, if... Let's just rule out all overseas. I never have to drive overseas. Yeah. And it is less safe. But in Australia, I would like to be able to go on road trips mm-hmm. and take the freeway between states mm-hmm. and drive in other cities that are not my home city. So, it's city. basically conquer that road that conquered you. Yeah, but also no Sydney city. because Sydney city, so yeah. So, we're in Melbourne, which is the second biggest city in Australia, but Sydney's bigger than... It is, it is a significantly scary. more challenging driving. Yeah. Yep. But having said that as well... I'm not sure I have to learn how to drive in Sydney City because when I go there on holiday, I might not need to drive. So, still makes it that freeway Okay. Between. So, 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 what's, if we talk about the graduate ex- exposure, the mm. least to the most, mm-hmm. the first step in that sense was you just visualizing driving. Yeah. And I did that for months. So, so, what would you do? What's the process? So, the first thing is you have to sit and acknowledge all the emotions that come up and all mm-hmm. the thoughts that come up. So, um, I just want to bring it back. Yeah. Do you- picture like first person looking out of the camera in your eyes in your car actually yes but actually there was a step before that as well mm-hmm. um at first i just had to talk about or realize what are the thoughts that come up when i'm driving what are the beliefs that come up okay i actually feel like i'm gonna die that's an anxiety response okay it doesn't mean i'm so gonna it's, die it's uh, so it's basically like cognitive behavioral therapy I like, think like so. Talk yeah. to the thought processes, addressing them, and I think so. Yeah, cool. Okay. And then it was like, okay, um, my, my my brain will say to me, "Get off the freeway. You're not safe." So mm. there's a feeling of not safety. Well, why am I not safe? I don't feel in control because I feel like the car's going to get away from me. Okay, that's okay, brain. Thank you. What else can? What else do you say to me when I'm driving? Um, mm. That someone's that I'll be going a certain speed, and you go into all this detail, right? 
I'll be going 95, but there'll be a truck behind me that wants to go 110 because they like to speed on a 100k road. And they come up behind me and they beep, and that freaks me out. Um, but I don't want to go any faster because I'm scared of going too fast, but I've got the baby in the back, and that's my treasure. And if he if he hits me, mm. he'll kill my baby straight away. Mm. And all this stuff's going through my head, right? Okay. And then another thing is um, there's a social pressure that I had to think about. Like the truck coming behind me, there's a guy there and he wants me to get out of his way and I'm in his way, mm. right? There's a social pressure there. Like yeah. I feel that sometimes at the shops, at the deli, and you know when you're waiting your turn. No, I, I, and, I'm, and, I'm, I'm well and aware. you just want to get out of there because someone's waiting behind yeah, you. Yeah, okay. That's and even though it's a faceless pressure. truck driver guy that you're never going to yeah, see. Yeah, that's coming into play. So, so you've... so. I mean, you could go into yes. There's so some, some examples but, there. But, but what, I'm, what I'm what I'm really hearing is is like you're really you're really you're really deeply introspecting. Like the first yeah. step is like really deeply introspecting is like what does it feel like? Yeah. What are, what's every aspect of this? Yeah. And, and, you, and like I didn't and, even realize the social thing, but it yeah, makes perfect sense now social, that you say it. There's social pressure on the freeway. Okay, so you've gone through that. Yeah, so gone through all that, and then gone. Okay, I'm gonna find ways around all of that. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just literally closing my eyes and imagining first person driving on the freeway. When, and, like, I was originally doing it for five minutes every morning. Are you picturing a specific road or is it um, just general idea of I, driving? Yeah, I say to myself, I pick a, a destination that I'd like to go for. And you, and you okay. want to set a goal. You want to say to yourself, why do I even want to drive? So well, let's I, say we're traveling the, the, the 20, 25 minutes to my mum's yeah. down the freeway. You would picture driving out of our house, yep, turning onto the car, bad. reversing yeah. out the driveway. And then when you arrive, you experience that joy of arriving. Okay. Yeah. So you really, you, so, so you've, you've thought about it, you've visualized it. Yeah. And then it comes the actual act of doing it. And I'm assuming yeah. going down the graduated process where um you, you, you wouldn't just go straight to driving to my mum's house, for example. You no. might do a little bit on the freeway yeah. and then come off and then go the back roads. Yeah. And then a little bit more. Yeah. So we're coming up on time. So I just want to just yeah. ask one thing. My intuition would suggest that when you start confronting the fear, you would want to make it positive. Like you wouldn't yeah. want to wreck it and be like, stuff it, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, and you want to you want to set yourself up for success rather than failure. Because if, yeah. if you get on and have a panic attack and fail, you've you're bringing yourself backwards. You've gone backwards, yeah. Okay. So so we are, we are coming up on time. Yeah, so sure, I just sure, want to, sure. that's okay. I, I want to just um, give everyone a take action. So let's assume someone's got a phobia that they do want to address. Mm-hmm. What what should they do as a take action that would take no more than five minutes, but they can start addressing it now? Let's just say it's spiders. Yep. And if you feel a strong disgust towards spiders that makes you avoid spiders, that's actually a phobia of spiders as well, which oh, okay. is very interesting. Um, when are you going to address your phobia of spiders? Oh, I'm trying, yeah. <laughs> I've been working on that one too. Um, yeah, just just sit down, give yourself five minutes, and just you're going to just think and you're just going to imagine that there's a spider um, on your letterbox mm-hmm. a very small one that you know is not going to hurt you and all you have to do is walk out the door and you're going to a really nice party that you really want to go to past the spider but on you just box. have to walk past the spider yeah and that's all you don't even have to look at it but you know it's there and you're just going to walk out walk out of your house and so, get to that party so applying it globally it would yeah. be imagine a very imagine a very safe situation that involves your phobia yeah and that's it for Basic, five minutes. And, and just, but make sure it's something you can succeed with. Yeah. yeah. So 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 imagine something to do with your phobia. Yeah. That you can sit with for five minutes and yeah. just think through all of the different feelings you have. And then have and like then a end pos- on a success. And have a positive statement. So when your brain says to you, I'm gonna die when I walk past that spider, 
you say, I love going out of my house regardless of all these spiders and I'm going to have the best time ever at my party. You know, cool. you've got to say put that stuff to yourself. Okay. Yeah. So, so visualize. Positive statement. Positive statement. Yep. And just, just. Surf the panic, like surf the emotion and then it goes away. I love yeah. it. Okay, so this has been The Abundance Mentality. It's time for us to read another book and for you to go take some action. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. So that was an episode of The Abundance Mentality. It's out now on all podcast forums. I'll put a link down below so you can check it out on my website. There's four episodes up. I'm going to be releasing the episode you just heard quite soon as well. And we've got a couple more recorded. So yeah, get on board, check it out. There's links to the books that we all talk about. And if you purchase one of those books, it uh, is a bit of an affiliate link through Amazon. So it'll actually give a little bit of a kickback to support the podcast and that sort of stuff. Um, So feel free to grab a copy of the book if it appeals to you. And like always with this podcast and with that podcast, chuck us a review, share it around. And yeah, I hope you enjoy the new podcast. Ideally, we'll be releasing an episode a month but obviously given the baby and life it might be a bit more it might be a bit less we'll see how we go anyway with that in mind i hope 2021 is a little bit less eventful although we'll have to you know roll with the punches as it goes cheers